Hello and welcome to this episode of The Heart's Desire. In this podcast, I focus on issues that affect marriage and family today, and I approach it from not only a therapeutic perspective, but also a Catholic viewpoint. My name is Greg Schutte, and I'm your host, and I'm a marriage therapist and the director of Marriage Works Ohio. I'm the author of the Discovering Our Deepest Desire Catholic Marriage Enrichment Program, and I just wanted to also say that we have that program in Spanish, and we also have another version of it called Rekindling the Heart for other um, Christian denominations. I'm also a husband and father, a husband to Stephanie for the past 25 years, and a father to seven uh, very awesome and loving children, uh, but they are rambunctious. Uh, my goal in doing this podcast is to share the many things I've learned over the past 25 years about healthy dating skills, how to enter into marriage in a successful way, and also how to navigate married life in such a way that helps your marriage to be more sacramental and life-giving. Today I want to talk about one of the the biggest uh, difficulties or destroyers or um, one of the biggest areas in marriage that create a division amongst couples. It's what I call the big no-no. N-O-K-N-O-W. Big no-no. And what I'm talking about here is when couples fall out of knowing each other and they're not communicating with each other. Most people that come into therapy, one of the biggest concerns that they have is the fact that um, they're not communicating. And they'll say that. We're not communicating or we're not communicating well. You know, some people would say, no, the biggest problem we have is he's a jerk or she's, you know, complains all the time. Or, and yeah, those attitudes and that selfishness is a part of it. But a lot of times it stems out of us falling out of knowing each other and then getting frustrated with each other. And then those attitudes can come out. It's not to say it's the only thing that causes problems, but it's one of the biggest things. Why? Because we get so distracted and we fall out of knowing what this person really needs from us. And when we try and do good things for them or care for them, a lot of times we miss the mark. We don't know what they need at this particular time uh, in life. And so, you know, when that frustration starts happening and we start arguing about these things, that's when we, you know, start to divide. And that's when that selfishness really kicks in also. You know, life is always changing and we're always changing. So if we don't continue to discover who this person is that we married and what, who they're becoming and, and stay in that know of who they are and what their, their feelings are, what their struggles are, we slowly drift apart. And this is where marriages start to first see those struggles. Now, I want to also bring in the component of faith here. Let me talk about this, because our faith, our strength in knowing God, directly affects our ability to know, love, and serve our spouse, too. And so many couples, you know, or so many individuals fall out of knowing each other, but they also fall out of knowing God. We're not spending that time with God like we should. And let me do the comparison here, too. You know, so again, if we don't take time to know God and read His Word and study how God has uh, been a part of mankind from the beginning, we only know a fraction of who He is. He's just kind of that person out there, this, uh, you know, 
omnipotent person that just kind of has our back, but that's all we know. We don't know how his love has played out. We don't know more about that depth of who he is. So it's important to stay in that. No, it's the same thing with our spouse. We spend a lot of time before marriage really getting to know this person, spending time in our dating phase, asking questions, learning who they are, what they like, what they dislike. And we care for them. We do things for them. But if we're not spending that time, we slowly drift apart and, and not know who this person is. Again, same thing with God. We need to be taking that time, really connecting and knowing God. So let's do this. Let's imagine, okay, uh, your relationship with God is the same as with your marriage. Imagine, you know, if you're just going to Sunday uh, Mass, and that's the only time that you're spending, you know, in prayer with God, and hopefully you're, you're even spending that hour focused. Some people go, sometimes I've gone in the past, um, where I'm just so focused on all the stuff I need to do throughout the day, I get to the end of the Mass, and I've, I haven't even spent any time really connecting with God, talking with God. You know, but let's just imagine we only give that hour to God each week. Well, imagine if you also did that with your spouse. Hey, honey, you know, I know we've got a lot going on here, but I'm really busy this week, so how about you and I connect uh, this Sunday, let's say 9 o'clock. We'll just meet for an hour and we'll kind of catch up on things. How well is that going to work for your marriage? It's not going to be good for your marriage because what happens is that throughout the week, if we're not talking, connecting, dealing with issues, and we're just kind of dealing with each other on the fly, you know, while I'm busy, uh, I got to run here, and, and we just kind of um, make demands of each other. Can you go pick this up? Can you go do this? Why'd you do that? That's how we often get ourselves into making assumptions, getting frustrated, and then we kind of bury this stuff under the rug, and then all of a sudden we get to Sunday, and that's the time that we're going to spend talking about this, our relationship's really going to be hindered because of all this hurt that's going on that's been unaddressed. So, now this is an extreme case, but there are some marriages like this where they aren't spending the time, you know, really connecting with each other, really talking about things. They're only spending a little time throughout the week if they're spending that much time. If you're doing that, you can't really know the person um, and what, what's going on with them. So, back to this whole faith thing, it's the same thing with God. If that's all we're giving Him is an hour of our week, and the rest of the time we're dealing with life, we're not going to have that relationship with Him. And that relationship with Him is so important for our relationship with our spouse. Why? Because that love between us was authored by God. God wants the best for us. God wants our marriage to work. He's got that grace to give us through our marital, through our marital promise that we gave to each other to really help that marriage go through the difficulties and the struggles and, and build upon itself. You know, we need to build that connection with God first. And to back this up, let me read from the Catechism. And this is Catechism 1641 through 1642. It says, By the reason of their state in life and of their order, Christian spouses have their own special gifts in the people of God. This grace, 
Okay, catch that. This grace proper to the sacrament of matrimony is intended to perfect the couple's love and to strengthen their indissoluble unity. By this grace, they help one another to attain holiness in their married life and in welcoming and educating their children. Christ is the source of this grace. Did you catch that? We've got this grace coming to us through the sacrament of marriage. And then it says in 1642, Christ is the source of this grace. Just as of old, uh, let me continue on here. Just as of old, God encountered his people with a covenant of love and fidelity. So our Savior, the spouse of the church, now encounters Christian spouses through the sacrament of matrimony. Christ dwells with them, gives them the strength to take, to take up their crosses, and so follow him, to rise again after they have fallen, to forgive one another, to bear one another's burdens, to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, and to love one another with supernatural, tender, and fruitful love. In the joys of their love and family life, he gives them here on earth a foretaste of the wedding feast of the Lamb. So check that out and read it again when you've got time, but it's Catechism 1641 through 1642. What that's saying is that Christ is the source of grace. We have this grace that comes through our marriage, on the sacrament of our marriage, that God gives to married couples. He doesn't give to anybody else, but to married couples through this sacrament. And he is the source of it, and he's the one that wants what's best for us and wants to give us this grace to perfect us, to help us bear our crosses. So God is the, you know, that should be the center of our marriage. And yet we're spending so little time with Christ, asking, pleading, helping, you know, or pleading for our marriage to help us in our marriage. So we have to spend time knowing Christ spending time communicating with Christ. And, you know, I would also add in, into that his whole body, uh, you know, the saints and the Blessed Virgin. All of that is so important. And it's helpful for our walk as Christians. St. Jerome once said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. So that means that we need to be spending time in the Word of God. We need to be listening at Mass when the Liturgy of the Word comes about and spending time really understanding and applying that to our life. Father Mike Schmitz um, out of Minnesota does a lot of talks on marriage and, and family. But one of the things I, I love that he, he talks about with this whole Scripture piece is that he encourages people to spend time throughout the week reading the Scripture for that next Sunday. So he says, on Monday, read the first reading and look at, pull out parts and, and contemplate it, pray about it, and try and apply it to your life. On Tuesday, look at the responsorial psalm. On Wednesday, look at the second reading. And on Thursday, do the fourth or the gospel reading. And then on Friday, take some time in reflection in kind of putting together what you think a homily would be of how this applies to your life and how you know you can connect all those readings maybe together. We look to our priests to give these great homilies and put a lot of time into it, and that's great. But are we putting the time into it, really delving into the Word? We have to be intentional in our relationship with Christ. And in the words of G.K. Chesterton, just going to church doesn't make you a Christian 
any more than standing in the garage makes you a car. We have to take time to build this relationship or we fall out of knowing. And how true this is to marriage too, if we're not intentional. You know, it's a difference between being what I call, you know, or not what I call, but being a spouse versus a Christ-centered, Eucharistic, giving, you know, spouse. And you can add other words into that, which basically means that we're more intentional. What's the difference? Well, spouse, you know, I can go before the justice of the peace. I can put that ring on and make that promise. And that makes me a spouse. But does that make me a good husband? Does that make me, um, you know, a Christ-centered husband? No. At that point, it takes even more. It takes time, intentionality, learning what my spouse needs, uh, spending more time understanding God, building that into my marriage, spending time maybe going to a marriage class, a marriage enrichment class. But it takes time and attention and intentionality, um, effort, understanding, all of these things has to go into this relationship with our spouse to really build that up. You know, I'm a, a guitarist, uh, I'm a musician, and I play in a band called Romans. And the song actually that you hear at the beginning and end of this, it's just a snippet from a song called You Are In My Heart. I wrote that song a long time ago for a homeschool group and then uh, the band, our band Romans really took it and expanded it into something more. And you can go listen to the whole song if you ever want uh, at our web. Well, you can listen to it online. There's, uh, we do sell it on, um, through our website, which is RomansCatholic.com. Uh, Romans with an S at the end, RomansCatholic.com. Um, but it's also on my website, which I'll, I'll talk about at the end here. Um, and you can listen to it there. But my point, uh, outside of that shameless plug, is basically that, um, you know, I play guitar, but I ask people, what's the difference between a guitarist and an accomplished musician? Well, I can teach you three chords on the guitar, and you can play every song, you know, every Elvis song ever written, but that doesn't make you an accomplished musician. If you want to be an accomplished musician, it takes time and effort. And yes, there's that component of having skill and having, you know, the talent. But it also means that you have to take the time and, and really delve into it and know about music and music theory. And all of that really builds upon, you know, helping you become a more accomplished musician. So again, back to marriage. It is so important that we are spending time really knowing who our spouse is, who they're becoming, because they're not the same as when we first met them. You know, I, I, when I talk to couples all the, through my talks or in therapy, I talk about how, you know, we know each other very well in the beginning of our relationship. Why? Because we're trying to win each other over. We're trying to, you know, figure out what they like, what they dislike, and we want to feed them. We want to do things that, that <clears throat> they find enjoyable or, you know, that they feel cared for by us or intentional. And so that learning is helpful in helping us bond. But somewhere in marriage, 
when we get so distracted, we get to the point where we stop knowing that person. And you can't stop knowing them because, you know, I know who my wife was when we first got married. We spent a lot of time talking. But I didn't know what she would be like after having, you know, one child, let alone seven. So that means I have to continue to grow in knowing who she is and who she's becoming through this journey. So I need to be intentional along the way. And marriage has to be a series of multiple marriages. And, and understand what I'm saying here. I'm not, I'm not advocating polygamy. What I'm talking about here is, you know, every step of the way, in, as I stay in knowing who my wife is and who she's becoming, as new things about our relationship come to pass, as we, you know, step into a new phase of life, we stepped into the phase of life where kids are going off to college. One's, you know, getting ready to leave the house. Um, we're not having children. Um, we haven't had children, you know, since seven years ago. Um, we're kind of at the end of that phase. And so we enter into this new phase. Well, we're not the same people as we were, you know, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago. And so it's important that we grow in knowing and then we recommit ourselves to each other. Because we said, until death do us part. And so, again, it means that we need to spend time. Too often today I see people allowing these distractions um, to really pull them apart. And think about what are the distractions in your own life? What are the things that, that take so much of your time that you feel exhausted? Or they take a lot of your time and you may enjoy them, but they're not really helping you stay in connection with your spouse. Too much time on social media, too much time on your phone, too much time on email, where we're spending a lot of time running our kids all over God's creation to this place and that place and this practice and that practice, and we're not spending any time again with our spouse. And yet the greatest thing that we can give our kids is a healthy and happy marriage. Now, some people would say, no, 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 no. The most important thing is give them faith. Give them a faith in God. Yeah, but think about that. How are they going to grow in loving God the Father whom they don't see when they are struggling with the father and mother that they do see? It's going to create that hindrance there. It's going to cause some difficulty. And yeah, they can still find God. They can still grow close to Him eventually. But those kind of things really hinder their ability from the very beginning to grow in that loving relationship with God. So our marriage is so critically important for the well-being of our own children. And so it is important that we make sure that we don't allow these distractions to take too much of our time. I hear all the time from people, um, you know, from all walks of life, where they'll, they'll be talking about their day and they'll say, look, I had to run my kids here, we had to do this, now we've got this going on, and we've got vacation Bible school and we're running here and I'm so exhausted and I'm, and I'm sore and I'm tired. And then they end that sentence with, but it's all good. Too much of a good thing is not necessarily good. If we're going to church all the time and serving the poor all the time, and but we're too exhausted to give anything to our spouse and our children, which is our first vocation in life, 
then it's not a good thing. We need to reevaluate how we spend our time and make sure that we're not falling out of knowing who this person is that we promise to be true to for the rest of life. So a few practical advice tips. One, set up a regular date night. Do it weekly. If you can't do that, do it at least monthly. And start it with prayer. End it in prayer. You know, Go to adoration. Go to mass beforehand. But go on dates where you're spending time staying in the know of each other. Create regular family prayer. Prayer between you and your spouse. Prayer with your family. To, uh, you know, going to mass often. To adoration once a week. Going to... Praying the rosary, uh, praying at mealtime, bedtime. Pray and fast for each other in your marriage. Offer it as a prayer to God for your marriage, for your spouse. And my favorite is make sure that you've got regular check-in time with your spouse and, and time for deep discussion. But that regular check-in time where, you know, I, I come home from work and I find my wife and say, what's going on? How can I help? What do you need me for? Before I go off and do anything else, it connects us. It makes sure that we're um, helping each other with any difficulties that are going on. And it really builds that relationship versus creating that division. So my encouragement to you is find more ways to stay in knowing each other. Stay in knowing God uh, first, but your spouse uh, especially. Well, thanks for listening, and please join me again each week as I delve into more issues that affect marriage and family life and look at ways to improve and strengthen our marital journey. If you enjoyed the show, please consider encouraging your friends and family also to listen in. And if you have any topics that you would like for me to touch on in the future, feel free to contact me through my website, which is OurDeepestDesire.com, O-U-R, DeepestDesire.com. You can also go there to learn more about the Discovering Our Deepest Desire curriculum. And until next week, may God lead you deeper into discovering your heart's innermost desire.